Welcome to Potadelphia. My name is Dave Diorio. You can find me on Twitter at fat underscore lobster. And I'm joined by two guys who had a meeting today about the show's future and only one came back. What's up, Gene? Well, you know, I, I had a, a plan. I had some ideas of some offensive coordinators and people that I thought uh, I'd like to see move up in the organization. And clearly we went with my plan and not Chuck's. Yeah, Chuck drew a line in the sand. He said, if I'm going to be on the show, you know, I need to bring my staff in. He yeah. Said, That's enough. That's I, enough. You got to go. I said deuce. That was all. That was all I said. <laughs> you dropped the deuce? I dropped the deuce. <laughs> you did. You dropped the deuce. All right. Well, Chuck is not with us tonight, but uh, he'll be back next week, I'm sure. Um, but we had to get on tonight, a night early, to talk about the ousting of Doug Peterson, as head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles. And uh, if uh, we don't cover everything, you can also find our thoughts on Twitter at Potadelphia. That's where you can follow the show. Oh, yeah. You did the plug. Nice job. Hey, I always do the extra plug. So uh, we, we, there's only one of us. So <laughs> yeah. I'll just do the only plug tonight. So, like, you know, going into today, like, there was rumors yesterday that all of a sudden now, Doug's not 100% Gucci in the mind of of Jeffrey Lurie, right? And that had to be – that was a little bit of a blindside because this entire offseason, like, you know, as soon as you know, the season ended, I just assumed Doug was, was a lock when no moves were made. I have to be honest. Of the three that we talked about a few weeks ago of who might stay and who might go, I was most confident that Doug Peterson was the one that was going to be back, honestly. Hmm, really? I would have put my money on Howie, but... Yeah, I, I, for some reason, it just felt like this this was more his responsibility, but obviously the owner doesn't see it the same way as I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, right, right off the bat, run it back is not an option. I, I feel like it. I feel like it's definitely... Run it back was not an option. Just the same way run it back was not an option for the Sixers, uh, it was not an option in this particular situation. Um, I think that Carson Wentz had made it very clear that um, he didn't feel the situation as it ended at the end of the year was something that he'd be willing to do. Um, and then it certainly seemed like Jeffrey Lurie had sort of made his his decision that it was going to be the coach and the general manager and the quarterback was the one that was going to be moved, uh, which I guess is a way to go. Um, but it, it seems like much like in years past – what happens on the first day of the offseason is not necessarily going to be the same information a week later. Well, I mean, it does kind of sound like this meeting did decide something. It wasn't a foregone conclusion. And this was just sort of a, like a perfunctory, like, you know, going through the motions, we're going to have a meeting and then we'll make a decision. Like, I, I feel like, you know, based on everything I've heard, this meeting did you know, was the deciding thing, but you know, like, well, Hey, what's the direction? Where are we going? What are we doing with this? And Doug drew a line in the sand supposedly. Right. Yeah. yeah I mean, the way I guess I, I heard it put was, you know, it's one of those things where you imagine it's, it's, it's the, the come to Jesus meeting, as they, they say, I remember the first time I heard that, uh, that phrase being like, man, that sounds terrifying. Um, but I guess it was come to Jeffrey, a, a come to Jeffrey meeting. Um, <laughs> you have to imagine that Doug probably in the back of his mind knew that Jeff was expecting a sort of mea culpa, maybe as sort of falling on his sword and being like, hey, man, you know, I really want to keep my job. So whatever you think we need to do, that that's what we'll do. Or certainly at least come in there, very open minded to suggestion. 
But from what we've gathered, which is amazing to me how much information is sort of leaked about his plans for who, and I, I mean, take it or leave it with a grain of salt, but it seems like it's pretty legitimate information that, you know, the sort of the, the main sticking point to me was that he didn't want to look to bring in an outside offensive coordinator. His plan was sort of to elevate the quarterback's coach. Well, I'll tell you right now, if if, if Jeffrey Lurie had something in his mind of trying to keep Carson Wentz on the team, elevating the quarterback's coach to become the offensive coordinator with a head coach he already doesn't get along with, there is no way that Carson Wentz was going to do anything but <laughs> demand a trade or, or or sit out. Like, there was no way he was playing in that situation. So uh, I have a feeling that Jeffrey Lurie wanted to hear something that was a little bit more inventive other than I'm just going to sort of promote my guys. Um, and I don't know what Doug Peterson could have done. I don't know if there was a, a way that Doug Peterson could have navigated this situation and still been able to keep his, you know, his hand, both hands on the wheel of this ship, uh, you know, sort of come out with dignity intact. I, I think all the players would have known if he comes out of there and suddenly it's a whole new staff underneath of him and he's got play calling duties uh, revoked he would have very little respect in that locker room. And I feel like Doug was just like, you know what? It's not worth me doing anything different. I've won a Super Bowl. I've been a very good head coach in this league. Yes, this year didn't go the way I wanted to, but I I still believe in me. I still bet on me. God knows he loves to gamble. Um, And and I think that that's probably how he played it. You know, he said kind of saying like, look, I trust my judgment. I know what I want to do moving forward. If you don't think that that's the way to go, then you're more than welcome to show, you know, for me to to leave. I I think he just wasn't prepared to just give up uh, complete autonomy um, of the team. He would rather go and find another job. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I think the – Lori moved the the easiest piece to move, I guess. Uh, you know, uh, Carson. It's it speculated would be a tough tough move. Although I think there will be there would be a list of teams that would have interest and kick the tires on him. Uh, you know, the contract is a bit of an albatross. Um, and you know, Howie and Jeffrey Lori have this you know relationship. So yeah, I guess it kind of makes sense looking back on it now that Doug probably is the easiest piece to move, the easiest guy to take the take the rap here for this and i think it's the right decision it'd be the right decision in a vacuum anyway right like if you were looking at this like at the end of the season it says you know is doug peterson the guy you know take howie roseman out of it take carson wentz out of it whatever is is doug peterson the guy you're probably saying no you know and then you look at is howie the guy and you're probably also definitely saying no so either way you know i get that we still like how he's here. Right. And that's got a lot of people, um, you know, bent, right. Like yeah. I can't believe they're going to keep Howie and let Doug go. Well, you're the same people that are screaming tuna can offense. Uh, you know, why are you going for it on fourth? Why are you going for it on two? If you're just going to let the computer tell you the percentages, why do we even have a head coach? You know, we, why aren't you rolling out cart? You know, all this stuff, you know, paints a picture of Doug's not being an effective head coach this season. So why are we upset that we're moving on from him? Yeah, and and Howie isn't the one that's calling the plays. Um, you know, one of the things that I, I, I've sort of read and, and, and heard is that some of the other offensive 
consultant pieces that were brought in. God for I don't know what more Marty Morningweg's uh, official title was, uh, and I think there was another guy that they sort of brought in as a as an offensive assistant or guru that they brought in last year. Um, you know, from what I understand, there was a lot of tension with those guys' suggestions. I, I wonder if there wasn't a part of Doug that was sort of shying away from certain schemes or certain strategies because he didn't want to look like he was leaning uh, too heavily towards one of those guys' suggestions. Um, you know, I think that they just brought in a, a very yeah. bad a bad mix of a lot of things. And, and from what I, from what we, we can sort of just observe here from the outside, it is pretty clear that the personnel that is being brought in is not matching up. You know, there is some break in the communication between what the personnel that Howie is selecting and bringing in and what Doug wants to do on the field. And whether it's um, that he's picking the wrong guys or bringing in the wrong um the wrong free agents or they're, they're main, they're, they're holding on to guys too long. Uh, There's just, there's just a breakdown. Um, And I don't know if it's a matter of that Doug didn't want them to bring an extra quarterback in or, or uh, or did, but um, clearly all of this miscommunication has led to like a fundamental fracturing in the foundation of this, this football team. Well, did you watch the Jeffrey Laurie press conference today? I saw that it was up, but I didn't actually get a chance to to yeah, hear what they were saying. You, know, you didn't get uh, – obviously, there wasn't a lot there. Um, but you, they did press him a bit on kind of asking him how – why is why is, uh, why is Howie Roseman still standing after all of this without asking him – why is Howie Roseman still standing after all of this? Um, and, you know, Jeffrey Lurie gave this kind of answer about the direction of the team and the decisions that they've made. And, you know, they went from uh, – it basically was trying to say, like, well, we've been in this mode where we've been trying to maximize everything we could out of sort of an aging win-now roster. And, you know, now we need to sort of change our mindset to something that's more f- – future forward thinking, accumulating draft picks, getting younger and stuff like that. So, I mean, I'm almost starting to wonder, and Gene, I'd love to get your thoughts on this. Is Jeffrey Lurie turning into a Jerry Jones owner? Is he too involved in the day-to-day? Is he too involved with the personnel decisions? Is he too involved with the coaching decisions? And is Doug right in this sense where, yeah, if I'm the head coach, I mean, I know damn well, if I'm the head coach, I'm picking my assistant coaches. Right. Like that's the end of the story. Like you're not going to just name the assistant coaches for me. I'm the head goddamn coach. Like I should, you know, I know what balances me better than you know what balances me. What the hell do you know about the NFL anyway, go make a damn movie or something. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> and this started all the way back at the beginning. Like before, right. like they hired Schwartz before they hired Doug Peterson, didn't yeah. they? Yeah. So, yeah, I he mean, basically came in and was like, oh, and here's Jim Schwartz, who was yeah, a former and- NFL head coach. That's not a situation that you like coming into as a, as a, you know, as a new head coach that you've got a guy. Maybe it's a good idea. Maybe it was a good idea. Maybe Doug's a buffoon. I mean, I've called him a buffoon on this, on this show before. So, you know, who's to say I wouldn't have the same, 
same mindset. The problem is, is you're entrusting your you know billion dollar organization to this person. And if you don't trust them enough to pick out their own head coaches or assistant coaches, why would you trust them every Sunday? And again, how did the Super Bowl happen? Uh like we've said in the past, it, it it seems like as as time goes goes on, more and more that it literally was a, a you know even more miraculous than we we knew at the time. Uh, to think that not only not only did it did it happen miraculously, but like to beat Tom Brady and Bill Belichick in the most offensive, uh, you know, the most yards, most you know points in a in a Super Bowl history. It, it's the whole situation just seems <laughs> like something that you would read about that 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 gains somebody's sainthood. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But you know, to your to your point about the direction of the team and whether or not uh, the owner is is too uh, is becoming too Jerry Jones, too Dan Snyder, like you know, I think there is a certain point when you've been in the league as an owner for so long that you begin to feel that you've acquired a certain amount of knowledge, and uh, you know, if you even look out uh, like a guy like like Al Davis, he had a similar sort of personality and and. Um, you know, th- this goes across sports. George Spr- Steinbrenner in baseball was notorious for being overly involved with his roster decisions. Um, you know, I think that these guys, when they're so invested both emotionally and financially in these organizations, they, they literally cannot help themselves but start to meddle, you know, and start to-, to-, to feel like they should have a voice in the room. Uh, I imagine that if I had that kind of cash... Um, <laughs> You know, I'm a pretty opinionated person. I feel like I would probably demand, you know, to be at least have my voice heard. And, uh, you know, it's it's I think it's a bad situation. I think that your best ownerships are really the people that empower the people that they hire to be that sort of buffer between them and their personnel. Um, that those are the guys that really have those like like continuous success. Although I'm sure Jerry Jones would argue with me, but um, uh, I, you know that that's sort of how I I take it. I I hope that Jeffrey Lurie is able to sort of temper in the end um, his, his sort of take emotion out of it. He's he's not had a bad track record with bringing in head coaches. He did a really nice job with Andy Reid, obviously for 14 years, um, and I, I think he did a good job with 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 Doug Peterson. I think Doug Peterson is a, has shown that he can be a good coach in the league. He had a very bad year. Uh, I feel like there is a lot about this situation that is, it's important that he probably move on from this situation. I feel like that's probably uh, best for everyone around. It, it, it seems like it's a broken situation at the moment, which is unfortunate, but um, I, I believe that if he follows the same process that he has in the past, um, that Jeff Lurie can bring in a good head coach. But this time I hope he sort of takes the brakes off and lets the guy have the team. I don't know. I I, I mean, yeah, he, he got, he, he, the, the Andy Reid thing was nice. Terrible job with Chip Kelly. Uh, you know, obviously that wasn't, yeah, you know, the fans loved it. I thought it was exciting, but obviously we, you know, that was a misstep. I still think Doug was a mistake. Uh, you know, we we got the we got the Super Bowl, so yeah, you, you really you, you can't change a damn thing about happening, or, or else it probably wouldn't have worked. But I, I didn't like the hire then. I didn't like. I, I didn't understand it. I don't. I, I and ever since that Super Bowl, I didn't. I didn't understand. I don't understand many, many, many of the decisions. I just don't don't understand. And I, I thought I kind of thought after that Super Bowl, well. 
hey, maybe he maybe he Ted Lassoed them. You know what I mean? Maybe right. he got them all to to buy into some kind of like, oh shucks, you know, small town. I, <laughs> I don't know. And, and I'm a pl- I was a player. Like I I know you go like well, let's play hard, play hard for me, even though I don't know what the fuck's going on around me, um, kind of thing. And maybe that worked for a year, and now it's worn off. Like I don't know. And you know, going back to the Jeffrey Lurie thing, you know, I don't know if Jeffrey Lurie is why Howie Roseman isn't looking good. You know, that could be a thing too. Maybe Howie Roseman is better than we think because many of his decisions are influenced by Jeffrey Lurie and and their relationship. You, you know, um, it's pretty well known that uh, you know in the beat writer circles, if, if you ever listen to any of the guys talk about when they've had conversations with Jeffrey Lurie, he is more than happy to talk, not just talk football, but like talk very passionately about specifically offensive football. So I I have in my mind a belief that he probably has had some very strong opinions about at least the type of offense he wants to see, whether it's scheme or, you know, just general strategy. Um, I don't know if he's weighing in heavily on specific players, maybe first, second round choices. Oh, well, well, that's the other thing that they, that they, they asked him in the press conference, you know, point blank period. Will Carson Wentz be back as the starting quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles next season? And his answer was, that's not my decision to make. Like that's, in, that's an interesting on, way man, for him to, to say that. Yeah. Like you're trying to foist, uh, assistant coaching, uh, positions, on your head coach, but you're, you're I mean, you're not going to influence who the starting quarterback for your team is going to be. I'm, I just find that hard to believe. I'm surprised he didn't answer it more in a way of, you know, we would like to have Carson back. Um, I'm surprised that he sort of deflected so, like, deflected so much. Um, it would be nice if he said, well, you know what? Yeah, the guy that I'm paying $30 million to next season, no matter what happens, you know, I would like him to be the starting quarterback. However, if his performance isn't up to par we'll do whatever it takes to win the football game i mean like i would be more interested in an answer like that that's a little more honest right then it's not my decision make because everyone's got to check with you to see if it's okay to bench carson and that's the big maybe the biggest what if of this whole season was who was the one that was making these decisions or hesitating to make these decisions that trotted Carson Wentz out weeks after it was pretty clear that he was doing, you know, that that situation wasn't working, that his it's, uh, play... It's how many licks does it take to get to the world may never know. It's, it's one of those things where it was probably decisions from everyone across the board not seeing what was in front of their faces and being sort of um, snow blind to the idea that this guy who they had, they had, you know, put in as the starting quarterback as the franchise player just was not able to, to get the job done. And it's interesting to think of what that would have resulted in earlier in the season. Maybe if they had made a move earlier, um, you know, there used to be a, a point where you could have a guy be pulled for a half and then start the following week. Um, you know, maybe a move like that, in a game where Carson had had a bad half, maybe that would have rattled the cage earlier. But it sounds to me like just the fact that Jalen Hurts was brought into the building at all sort of just did something that completely ruined Carson's confidence. And 
I, I'm I'm going to be interested to see what happens under a new regime. Um, I don't know. I think that we're going to go into the to August uh, with a with a quarterback controversy. With you know, will it be an open an open competition? I, I'm not 100 percent sure. Obviously, nobody can know that when we don't even know who the coach is. But uh, you know, if you put a if you were a gambling man, it would be hard to give you good odds on either of those guys to be a lock. Um, yeah, and but some other things that uh, Jeffrey Laurie mentioned in his press conference is uh, a lot of other really great all-time quarterbacks have had difficulties in year five. And he, he called out Peyton Manning. Do you want to? take some guesses as to what kind of year Peyton Manning had in his fifth year in the league. Uh, I, I don't remember that specifically, but I would imagine he probably went to an AFC championship game because that's kind of what, <laughs> what Peyton Manning did. Well, I don't know if they did in 2002, but um, they went from six and 10 the year before to 10 and six. All right. Well, that's certainly a better record. Uh, 27 touchdowns, 19 interceptions. Okay. Quarterback rating of eighty-eight point eight. I would, I would have been over the moon with that this season. Yeah, yeah. You I would mean, have won the division by multiple games if you, yeah. if you'd had that. This yeah, season. you might be playing next weekend. The way that the way that the 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 wild card game <laughs> sort of shaked out this weekend. Who knows? So, also, if you are have any hope of getting a defensive-minded head coach, you might as well forget about that. Um, he also really stressed that he's really into you know, dynamic offenses. And that's what he was hoping for with Doug Peterson. Instead, you got passes to the flat. You went on the Andy <laughs> Reid coaching tree. What did you expect? Well, I mean, you know, <laughs> I mean, I think yes, we're going to go. Andy Reid has a dynamic fruit from that tree. Andy Reid has a dynamic offense. Now, Andy Reid also has Tyreek Hill and uh, Patrick Mahomes. Uh, I think you and me could have a dynamic offense with those two guys. Yeah, I mean, we just need more wide receivers that abuse women, and we'll be all in in great shape. Yeah, <laughs> or at least they can stay on the field. Uh, yeah, I don't know. So yeah, I, I think definitely. What, so let's talk about. Let's like let's shift the conversation to what we what do we think is going to happen? What do we want to happen? Okay, it's definitely going to be an offensive guy. Yeah. And whoever we pick for like what whatever position, like what we talk about the, the the head coach, the offensive coordinator, quarterbacks coach, whatever, Carson's got to be fixed. Like that's number one priority. Like the whole thing doesn't work unless Carson is like the guy and returns to this elite form. If if we will, hey, if we ever I, see I, that again, I just need him to throw more touchdowns and interceptions. That that would be a huge first step for me. I mean, yeah. Well, so yeah. I mean, like, watch this. This whole thing comes back. You know, a new guy comes in. Offensive line is you know healthy next season, and and Carson plays great. And you know, then it's like, so what? So Doug was the problem. You know, I don't really know how this is all going to shake out, but fixing Carson is number one. Whether it's getting him protection or getting inside his head or whatever, having a new voice, whatever it is. Carson's got to be improved. I think one of the things is that Carson has to to feel like he he trusts whoever. I, I feel like that was the main thing with 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 Doug is I, I think that their communication had completely 
uh, run aground and that he just didn't trust that that Doug had his back anymore. And there's a lot of evidence to kind of say that Doug didn't. You know, he he was sort of waffling uh, when he would sort of be asked about what was going on. You're going to do this? You're going to give Carson a seat in the interview room? I don't, I don't know. I mean, I think you certainly, if, if your intention is that that, that is the person you want to make your, your franchise quarterback, I think it's not, it's not unreasonable to, to get some input from him. I certainly don't think you do the Houston thing where you promise him that um, he's going to get a vote and then not give him the vote. You know, I feel like you have to be transparent with the player about what kind of input they're giving. Um, that's not, from what I understand, what happened with Deshaun Watson. Uh, I did see an interesting hypothetical about uh, a trade with Houston that would bring Deshaun Watson here. Um, I don't know. Never going to happen. I don't know that that would happen either, but um, that certainly seems like that he might be on the move as well. So the, the, the NFL could look very, very different next year. And, um, yeah, I, I will say the kind of coach that I would like to see would be uh, somebody that's that's – sort of got a quarterback either has been on an offense that has a, a, a really good quarterback that has sort of been able to coach maybe a guy like, I don't want anybody from the Belichick sort of zone. Like none of those Belichick guys work out, but um, a guy maybe that did coach Peyton Manning or maybe a guy that coached um, Patrick Mahomes or maybe a guy that coached, um, Philip Rivers, somebody that's that's had a long career, or, or maybe one of the guys from New Orleans, one of Sean Payton's guys that worked with Drew Brees. Um, I think that if if that's the route you want to go, you want to sort of bring in a guy who has got had the respect of a of a guy that is a a top flight, top ten quarterback, right. top five. You want to know? You want to you want to hear the inquirers? Uh, some of the inquirers candidates here. Sure, I know one of them is Kafka out in Kansas City. Okay, yeah. So they they rank them into like these tiers. So they have the big names, uh, which obviously Eric Bieniemy is everyone's like top pick right now. If the Eagles made this decision last week, they could have interviewed him during the the bye week. Now, know, now this yeah. is um, we are the seventh opening, I believe. Oh God, I don't know. I think there are minutes. seven head coach openings in the NFL. And. I'll tell you right now, this is not the most desirable. No, I wouldn't even. Yeah, you're. What are we? The sixth pick? I'd say we're probably about the sixth most desirable location. <laughs> what are the opening? Do you, do you have a? Do you have the? I, list? I know the Jets are open. Um, trying to think what one of these, some of the other ones are. And then we should probably talk about where we think Doug is going to go. Right? Well, I'm, I just said it. I think he's going to be a. He's going to coach oh, the you Jets. Think he's going to go. That's Jets. my. That's yeah. my take. Yeah. I think yeah. that would be a good fit for him. He's got a relationship with their general manager. I think that would be a so, good So, yeah, situation. there are seven openings, and the Sporting News ranks the Eagles as the seventh best opening. There you go. Opening. So, Eagles, Lions, Falcons, Texans, Jets, Chargers, and Jags. I feel like I the Jags know. job's always open. <laughs> yeah, I just don't know if that's, like, the market you want to be in, mm. you know? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think Doug's going to go to Florida. I, I, but I really I think, am but the feeling thing Doug that makes in New York. This job so unattractive is this Howie Roseman, Jeff Laurie thing. Yeah. Like it's. 
Yeah, I mean, you're coming in. basically pushed the Super Bowl winning coach out three years after he won the Super Bowl because you want to, like. And two of those years he made the playoffs. It's not like Doug has had upon him the assistant coaches. Yeah, this is is only the second season that Doug hasn't made the playoffs in his five, you know? (laughs) Yeah, you win the Super Bowl, you get two years grace, provided you make the playoffs on both of those years. And win a playoff game in there. You know what I mean? This. I know, I know, I know, I know. Again, looking at it in a vacuum, like, you know, a lot of these people aren't in the mix here. And a lot of, I bet you a lot of national coverage tomorrow morning when you turn on whatever bullshit show you watch, like Wake Up, Undisputed, you know, whatever, First first Glance, whatever the hell these shows are, they're going to say, oh my God, you, you know, Philly over here, this guy won a Super Bowl for you, and two years later, you know, you're trying to chase him out of town, and blah, blah, blah. But you're not in it. No, you're not here. You're not seeing what we see. Right. So what kind of coach do you want? Do you want any of these 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 guys out of you want like a Dan Quinn? Stuff. You gotta you gotta you gotta you want like a Dan Quinn? Do you want somebody that was a former head coach? Do you want an you know, do you want somebody out of an organization? Um I don't know. The big question is is there is is the coach already is the coach already in the building? No, to stop with Deuce. <laughs> you don't think that he's going to get another interview? Dude, if Deuce, this would be yeah, the you can't interview because <laughs> it's going to be your, um, what's that? Diversity interview? Yeah, that 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 role. That if I'm yeah, Deuce, but, I'd be like, fuck you. I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm not going to No, yeah, that. I mean, I don't, but look, if Deuce was a viable head coach Deuce candidate, head coach. another team would have interviewed him by now. Yeah, he. I would like to see Deuce get a job. I, I just isn't don't he like that. assistant head coach? That's what he had been promoted to. Yeah, what is that? I've never heard of such a thing. It's. Well, I guess you get paid. Fired Doug. You know, I guess. I guess you get paid paid better than the uh, the running back coach if you're the assistant head coach. I guess. You know, I don't know this. We we need a defensive coordinator too. While we're at it. Uh, what about this? Uh, like a Brian uh, DeBall. Where is he? Or where is he? The, out uh, the offensive coordinator for the Buffalo Bills. Hmm. Well, they've certainly had a, a sort of a renaissance up in Buffalo. Um, you know, and he's done a great job with Josh Allen. I like the way they call plays. Um, that wouldn't be a necessarily a bad. I want someone that's like a coordinator. I don't want to, you know, I know it worked with Andy Reid with this, you know, uplifting from a quarterback's coach thing, but I think the Kafka thing is a little, a little risky. It's a little reminiscent of Doug Peterson, like former Eagles backup coach. It feels like you're going right back to that same, right. You're going back to that same. Well, and too soon gets a job as a head coach in the national football league. Yeah. I I don't, I mean like you, you, you just, pluck somebody out of the Kansas city organization. I know it's been five years, but I think if you want to change, then you need to go in a different direction. You need to go off of the tree. You need to go somewhere else going out of the ball. You know, the guy from Buffalo, that seems like it might be an interesting, an interesting move. You know, like I said, I, you know, it's always curious to me that you don't see more guys come out of, uh, out of new Orleans's system. Um, maybe Sean Payton doesn't groom good coordinators. I, I don't know. You, is there any college guys that you like? I, I haven't watched very much college football, to be honest with you. But um, that I like, you know, there most of the big names in college football aren't going anywhere. Well, Lincoln Riley's on this list. Um, Where the is head he? coach at Oklahoma? Yeah, 
and that's got the Jalen the Jalen Hurts um, link up there. Um, there's also, uh, I mean, there's some other guys, but I'm not I'm not a fan of that. I, I don't right. really know. I'm trying to think of the last guy to come out of college and and have a really good NFL career. I can't think of a lot of guys that have come out of the NFL ranks or come out of the college ranks to then have great NFL careers. (laughs) Yeah. But, you know, that was a whole different era. You know, it's it's very different. The college game is very different now. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, you know, what, what direction everyone decides to go with this? Where, so you think Doug's going to wind up with the jets? I think he's going to just not get a job that if he's going to be a head coach, I feel like the jets is a good place for him to land. Um, just because of the relationship he has with their general manager, um, having been in the same organization together, um, you know, of those other jobs, I don't know which one of those would be attractive to Doug. I, I might. You know, I might not be leaping at one of those other jobs. I don't know. I don't think he wants to coach the Lions. Um, well, we'll find out what the league thinks about Doug real soon. Yeah, and I mean, he certainly didn't leave a great taste in the rest of the league's mouth the way he ended the season if he really did sort of sit on that that last game, you know, as much as he protests that he he certainly didn't, you know, throw that last game. Um, how much is that six pick getting you now, bud? You know, not a lot. All right. So let's wrap this up. How do you feel about this? Um, What's your mood? I will, I will say my initial, my initial reaction was a little bit of um, disappointment in the, this, just the emotional sense that this was the guy that won us a Super Bowl, And I sort of had grown to like him as a person. Um, so there was a little twinge of sadness about that. But I'll be honest, this was maybe the most miserable season of Eagles football I've ever watched. And I've watched some bad teams. But it's one thing to be bad. It's another thing to be stupid. And this team played dumb. Um, and I really don't know how you fix that without sort of making a change in leadership. And Honestly, I think that this was the, like you said earlier, this was the the easiest thing to really try and make a change. Um, And honestly, more than anything, it's important that I think that it keeps them off of hard knocks for another year. So that's, 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 um, I think that that's something that Jeffrey Lurie certainly likes to avoid. So, you know, another, another point in the pro column, but, but in all seriousness, I think this is going to be good for the team. I don't know that the Eagles are going to be good next year. But um, if you get the right guy, um, I think you can be better. I think you can be a seven and nine, eight and eight team, and then maybe in a year, if you draft well with the sixth pick, maybe you're you're back in the playoffs in two years. That's that's I think that's a realistic expectation. So you're not you're not mad at Doug. You're just disappointed. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I this season was completely unacceptable unacceptable you're the only team with with a returning head coach in a year where that has a magnitude like a magnified advantage based on covid and lack of a preseason and lack of a mini camp and all that stuff uh it was the weakest division in football yes you're ravaged with injuries but this is not somewhere we haven't been before uh it's just unacceptable to not win this division 
you know, I get it. You're not like a stacked roster or anything, but come on. You're, and you're, and you're the toughest competition you have in the division. They lost their starting quarterback like in week one. Yeah. Come on. Like this is unacceptable. Like Doug had to go. I, I don't think he was an effective head coach. I'm, I'm happy this decision was made. Do I think Howie also needs to go? Yeah. But I, I you know, I, look we we have to take what we're given here and we got to hope for the best and hopefully we get an experienced you know someone that's ready for the job it's not too big for them they know what they're doing they're a boss they know how to handle it they come in they're talent evaluators like they know what they're doing they're sharp this isn't just some like nonsense friend of the family hire we want like a real legitimate decade head coach to come in here and take care of business with this draft, put Howie in check, put a check and balance in there, start drafting smart. Stop taking these risks on these long shots. Cause you think you're so smart. Let's take some sure things, um, you know, and let's be smart with this draft and, uh, and move forward. And then, you know, hopefully, you know, if we have Carson, it's not a, uh, it's not a debilitating cap hit. Right. Uh, by releasing him or trading him or whatever. So if we can make it work, he can return to form. Uh, am I selling you on next season at all, Gene? Yeah, no, I think I think that that would all be super positive. I think that those are a lot of things that make me optimistic uh, for next year. Um, it, it's just it's it's hard to sort of wrap my mind around who this guy is. I hope that he is out there and I hope that he wants to take this job and um more than anything, you know, I do sort of. It's funny. I was going through my my drawer the other day. I'm I'm sort of trying to purge some some t-shirts. It's sort of my New Year's resolution to become sort of a a less cluttered I'm human. A button down guy. Yeah. Well, just have less shit in my in my house. Um, but I, I have a I have a Carson Wentz jersey, uh, jersey, and I'm looking at. It, I'm like, do I? Do, what do I do with this? You know. Oh, you can keep it now. And that's sort of what I came to today. I went and took it back out of the pile. I said, you know, I at least got to hold on to it at least to next summer. I got to see if he can, if he, you know. There you go. So if there's anything that this day has provided, it's it's a it's a stay of execution of my jersey. <laughs> some some poor homeless man uh, on Market there. Street is not going to get that Carson Wentz shirt from Goodwill now. It gets another year of tread on it. That's right. <laughs> I did. I did put the 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 Donovan McNabb jersey in there, though. So God okay, bless. good. You count that. You you know, tell how old it is because you count the rings of the pit stains. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> all right. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Uh, you know, we'll be back next week. We got to talk about your your COVID ravaged seventy uh, sixers. Uh, Flyers dropped the puck on Wednesday. Yeah. Um, and you know, we'll, we'll, we're going to keep our finger on the pulse of this. Uh, this coaching search. Oh, Phillies uh, just acquired a uh, Black Lives Matter uh, denier uh, this week, so that's exciting. I'm sure we'll talk about that. Um, oh, oh boy, next week as well. Yeah, I'm sure that'll be about all the Phillies will do between now and next week, though. So don't worry about that. <laughs> well, I'm sure we'll do like a uh, which front office is more incompetent screwed up the yeah. eagles or the, or the phillies so yeah. uh yeah until until we uh meet again uh please remember to rate review and subscribe to the show on itunes or wherever you get your podcast also check us out on social media facebook twitter and instagram we are not on parlor sorry 
Um, <laughs> if you we have any more time in your podcast listening week, be sure to check out the whip around for all the week's weird news. Um, so have a great day at work, everybody. God bless America. God bless Potadelphia. Have a great week. We're out of here.